This is exactly right. And welcome to my favorite murder. That's Georgia Hartstorff. That's Karen Kilgariff. This is the mini so. Do we say our names on the mini so? I don't think we usually do. Oh fuck! Should we? We shouldn't do this today. Back to we should quit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we can say our names whenever we goddamn feel like it. If we confuse I people, feel like we've we've earned the right. <laughs> uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to? Uh, uh, you go first. Okay. This one is simply entitled Buried Treasure. Let's get to it. Okay. I love I love these let's get to it intros. I work in NYC as a geologist and my previous job mostly involved babysitting construction workers. During that time, I worked with a very nice man whose job it was to operate heavy machinery, mostly moving dirt around. Let's call him V. He told me this story. One day he was working in Manhattan where an old apartment building was being demolished to build a new one. Can you just savor Uh, what's about to come? Yes, I'm like crying right now. Knowing knowing the title of this. Yes. This is my dream email. And like, what a rad job this person has that they're just like, tell me when you find something cool. Hell yeah. And you're digging. In man fucking fucking Hatton. The densest, most buried, 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 layered up, boarded over, repainted. What's underneath that? (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) He was digging up the foundation of an old building when he tore up some of the concrete slab and hit something. This was about 10 feet underground, but it didn't really surprise anyone since we find old utilities down there all the time. He stopped to check it out. When he had a closer look, he realized whatever he hit was made of wood. A few workers helped him clear the way and revealed a coffin. And not just a regular coffin, a child-sized coffin. Come on. They decided to call the owner of the site who supposedly called 911 and was supposedly told that he could open it. I'm a little skeptical yeah, of this part, bullshit. but regardless, the guy opened it right there. Inside, they found dot, 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 dot. <laughs> they did five dots, which is very, yes. they. it's very outside the norm, but I think completely um, appropriate yes. for this story. Inside, they found stacks and stacks of old cash. What? The owner called off the work for the day yeah. and kept the whole stash. Yeah, he did. I mean, <laughs> come on. Right. Wouldn't you? Unfortunately, V didn't get a close look at any of it, but we both think it's old mob money. They always try to pull the mob in. You hate that. I wonder what happened to the person who buried it since they clearly never came back to claim their treasure. Their treasure was buried underneath cement. You have to tell people where, like, tell one person where you hide buried treasure, because if you die, like, it's gone forever. Yes. Well, it's gone forever. Until someone Someone finds it. Yeah. Yeah, so, but I mean, be, it being in a cement slab yeah. is like, what? Why? Yeah. Okay. Stay sexy and maybe What's don't it? call your boss. <laughs> the last line was, oh, be, they both think it's old mob money. I wonder what happened to the person who buried it since they clearly never came back to claim their treasure. I read that already, right? Yeah. Here's what I'm thinking, though. That's bank robbery money that you're hiding for decades because you can't spend it until it's uh-huh. like 
way past traceable. Until it disintegrates and you can't spend it. <laughs> At all. Good right. fucking job. Uh-huh. Until it just goes out of circulation entirely. Oh, God. I have so many questions. Do you remember that episode of Little House on the Prairie where they find all this money and they think they've become rich and the newspaper comes and does the story about the family and uh-uh. it turns out it's Confederate money, so it doesn't have any value anymore? Really? That happened on the prairie. <laughs> In this little house. That's what it was like to live in a little house on the prairie. A little tiny house on the prairie. There is heartbreak and there is false treasure. Okay, so wait, to think of the, the name. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I forgot. Right. You're not dead. We got all the way sorry, to sorry, sorry, just sorry. not saying the person's yes. name. No, I did it too. <laughs> Stay, uh, the sign off is stay sexy and maybe don't call your boss when you find a coffin full of cash? Question mark. Oh Thanks God. for all the laughs. Taylor, she, her. P.S. Karen's surprising knowledge of Yellowstone, earthquake risk in geologic time, and sinkholes warms my little geologist heart. <laughs> Thank you. It's a real interest of mine, Taylor. Amazing. That was great. That was, I want more. A great, a great kickoff. I want more. I want more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one's called You Asked for Crazy Hometown Mall Stories and I Delivered. <gasps> <laughs> so it's all congratulatory. I love it. They're just like, it's already happened. Don't you worry about yeah, it. I delivered. I have delivered. I got you. Okay. This one's a, this one's a crazy bummer cold case story from not that long ago that I can't believe I didn't know about. So okay. here okay. we go. Hi, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and all pets everywhere. <laughs> you asked to tell you the craziest things that happen in our hometown malls and that just so happens to also be my hometown murder my name is alina and i grew up in boca raton florida which is best known for being where your jewish friends grandparents live oh that's a pretty accurate description but there are also a lot of families with young kids because it's considered a pretty safe place to live that is until 2007, when a series of murders and kidnappings took place at Town Center Mall that remain unsolved to this day. Wow. Uh-huh. I was 12 at the time, and the mall was less than 10 minutes from my house. I spent every half day off from school there and was now at the age where my mom could drop me off and leave me and my friends unsupervised so we could go eat Auntie Anne's and buy cheap earrings that turned my skin green at Claire's. Yes, that all ended once these crimes started happening. In December 2007, a 47-year-old woman and her 7-year-old daughter were abducted in the mall parking lot around 3 p.m. So middle of the fucking day. Yeah. The mother called 911 but immediately hung up. She was seen on surveillance footage withdrawing money at a nearby ATM shortly after. And Mm. then her car was back in the parking lot. That night, police found both the mother and daughter dead in the back of the car. Oh, my God. With single gunshot wounds to their heads, blacked out goggles over their eyes and zip ties binding them. Oh, that's horrifying. Like, how have we not heard of this? This obviously shocked the community since we never dreamed we could be kidnapped and murdered in broad daylight in our local bougie mall. Police realized this was very similar to a kidnapping a few months prior at the mall where a man carjacked a woman and her two-year-old son in the parking lot and forced them to go to an ATM and take out money at gunpoint. He also forced her to wear blacked out goggles and bound her with zip ties, but he did not kill either her or her son. She described him as a six foot tall man with a long brown ponytail under a floppy hat who wore driving gloves and glasses. Finally, a few months prior to that kidnapping, there was another murder of a woman leaving the mall. Like, how is this all fucking happening there? Did you say it was in the early 90s? No, it was 2007. 
Oh, my God. I know. Um, She was shot and left in the park in a nearby town, and her murder has never been solved. Police suspect this might be connected to the other abductions and murders, but forensic evidence has yet to be able to link them. Police think the suspect has a motive other than money because he only received around 500 for these robberies and obviously gets some kind of sick kick out of the tactics he used. Mm. They also believe the woman he murdered must have recognized him or somehow would have been able to identify him after the crime since he killed them but left the other victims alive. Twelve years later, these crimes remain unsolved, and I still get nervous walking in my car in that parking lot, even in broad daylight. I'll never forget my mother, who obviously stopped letting me and my 12-year-old friends roam the scene of multiple murders alone for a while, told me that if we were ever in this situation, she would immediately crash our car before we could get to the ATM. Thanks, Mom. Unsure how that would work, considering he might just shoot us if we didn't die in the crash anyways. But either way, it was definitely comforting to hear as a 12-year-old. Anyway, that's my hometown murder. Thanks so much for your podcast. It truly got me through law school and further inspired my passion to become a criminal prosecutor in your hometown of L.A. Stay sexy and immediately crash your car if someone is forcing you to drive somewhere at gunpoint. Alina. God, that is. The idea that that's recent is really crazy. I've not heard of that at all. That's really scary. Also, the idea that it's a mother child couple Uh, each time is so disturbing so disturbing i feels like that one is solvable like that there's got to be some kind of new dna we could retest and well and you say 2007 it feels like there have to be cameras right must have they must have footage in some way yeah god okay yeah starting out hard all right ready for this one This will be a nice turn. Right. Uh, My other ones aren't terrible. (laughs) Okay. okay. Um, We take the good. We take the bad. Uh, The subject line of this is I was an 11 year old gardener for two Chippendales dancers. What? Ready? Hello, my magnificent MFM MDM fam. (laughs) I forgot about MDM. (laughs) Yes. So no one gets murdered here except for the dreams of an 11 year old boy. (laughs) Good enough. It's totally totally valid and just as heartbreaking the year was 19 that was me that was my commentary the year was 1983 in the quaint village of chula vista california (laughs) quaint village (laughs) that's sarcasm everybody one of the most southern communities in san diego i lived in a small cul-de-sac where everybody was up in everybody's business and like all 80s kids we ruled the street with pickup football games life-threatening plywood ramps and games of slide under the garage door before it smashed yes, you to death you did. yes so <laughs> so ridiculous <laughs> it's so good so the day when a badass stingray corvette and Smokey and the bandit firebird pulled into the house next door everyone knew that the classiest most radical people were moving in yes when rod and dane and then in parentheses it says names changed but the real ones were just as douchey (laughs) stepped out of their 80s chariots with their rippling muscles neon parachute pants string sleeved tank tops (gasps) high top reeboks and gargoyle shades jaws dropped at their awesomeness this is so beautifully written so good um the neighborhood kids were quickly sent over by our moms, Tia's and <laughs> Tia's and Comadres. I hope I'm saying that right. On our BMX bikes to get the dish. Yes. Rod and Dane were happy to brag and impress the gawking group of eight to eight to twelve year olds. 
<laughs> with their cool three-wheelers, stories of female conquest, and the PSD de resistance, their occupation of part-time construction workers, and yes, Chippendales dancers. Hell yes. Rod and Dane would often come out in their black spandex, cuffs and bow ties to do dances to entertain the little Latin and Philippine old ladies on the block. The greatest part of all of it for me was that they asked me, an 11-year-old boy, to cut their grass and do general landscaping for them. So every Sunday morning before church, I would go into their backyard to cut the grass and water the plants. Oh my God. I chose this day and time because there would often be sleeping beautiful <gasps> ladies passed out in their living room and backyard from the Saturday night debauchery that they brought home. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. This kid is an entrepreneur. This is hotness all around. As you can guess, they also paid me in crumbled 20s that they were more than likely shoved down their pants oh. the night before. Oh, oh, the beauty. This is epic. Rod and Dane lived on our block for about a year and a half until, unfortunately, Dane was arrested for selling cocaine. Surprise, surprise, it was the 80s. As an impressionable 11-year-old, I spent the next five years of my life with the life goal of becoming a chip and dancer. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, I'm hugging this email You right are. <laughs> it's cute. Oh, my God. It's genius. Okay, <laughs> we're very influenced by our surroundings mm. as we grow up. Also, Chula Vista is a good two hours away from Hollywood, so they must have been making really good money to be making that drive every Friday and Saturday I night. Hell yes. Bet. Fuck yes. Yeah, they were. Thanks. I hope that you've enjoyed the story, even though there really isn't any murder, but it does have cocaine, the 80s, and sexy Chippendales dancers. I love you all to death. No name. That's all we want. If it's not going it to really have murder, is. cocaine, Chippendales, the 80s, things of this nature. And truly at this point, it's all the murder part is yeah. always welcome. Of course, it's the primary interest, but it's truly about your storytelling. <laughs> and that one, no name, was some gorgeous. That was a slice of Chula Vista 80s life mm -hmm. that I absolutely could see, hear and feel. I could. The um, outfit description was on point. Of the chip <laughs> also, an 11 year old gardener. It's like, hey, can you take care of this? Hey, and it's like, yes, yes, hey, I will. Um, that was <laughs> great. Genius. Great job. It was great. This one's called, Where Do You Get Cyanide? I know, I know. <laughs> That's what it's called. Hey, y'all. While listening to the 300th episode about the Chippendales murder, I heard Georgia say, Where do you even get cyanide? I was in the shower and I thought, Oh, hey, I know where you get cyanide a jeweler. Oh, growing up, my dad was a jeweler. Long story short, he and his dad, my grandfather, had a store which originally sold collectible coins to fucking nerds. And then it says, JK, <laughs> just being silly. It's a valid hobby. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in my small hometown. Eventually, they branched out to jewelry. After years in the business, my grandfather became very elderly and my dad was getting sick of customer service. So they sold their mm. business. Fair enough. Fast yeah. forward maybe 15 plus years or so, my family and I were talking about true crime, specifically someone being poisoned, as most families do. And my dad mentioned that he worked with sodium cyanide at the shop. I wasn't surprised because there was a bottle with a skull on it that my dad said, don't touch that, you will die. Oh. So I wasn't shocked that he used it in the business. Sodium cyanide was used with water to clean heavy tarnishing off sterling silver. It also dissolved gold for gold-plated jewelry slash electro-stripping gold jewelry. Got it. <laughs> um, while getting rid of a lot of supplies, one supply he was trying to sell to a jeweler was his cyanide pillows. 
while trying to sell these, some random guy came to him really, really interested in buying the pillows. My mm-hmm. dad thought something was weird about how bad this dude wanted the cyanide. So he did what any reasonable business owner would do. And he just asked for a fucking abnormally high price, <laughs> which I didn't know was a move. That's smart. <laughs> um, thankfully, the weird dude didn't take the offer and he ended up getting rid of them to someone legitimate. Thanks for reading. Stay sexy and don't be really excited to buy cyanide. And then there's no name. Wow, that's fascinating. I, I, I had know. no idea. Yeah. I I would have thought you could only get it from an 1800s pharmacist. <laughs> and it's on the topmost shelf with that skull and crossbones right. label. But and then they say, well, what do you want this for, your wife or for rats? And then you say, <laughs> for my wife. And they say, okay. You say, yeah, it sounds good. Godspeed. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye georgia have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs oh my god yes karen and then all i want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day well you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world for years they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware some of tom colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in maiden whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with your meals will benefit from the quality of made in products like their carbon steel cookware it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame it's the mvp of summer cookouts and cook-ins what i really love about made in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a memorial day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw say a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom it's strong enough durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter her promo code space 80. Goodbye. Are you, are you ready for this? I'm one? ready, ready, ready. This is pretty great. Hello, anyone and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is the story of the time my grandma left me alone in a Vegas hotel and the scary tattooed bikers who helped me to safety. Oh. Sorry in advance if this is long. When I was about eight, I went on a trip to Vegas with my grandma Doris, aunt, uncle, and their three kids. This was shortly after my grandpa Frank had passed away, and the trip was what I assumed to try and help my get my grandma's mind off things. Mm. Because you know, nothing helps a grieving widow more than the Las Vegas Strip. Hell yeah! <laughs> I was raised primarily by my grandma and went everywhere with her. I can't remember exactly what hotel we were staying in, but my grandma and I had our own room and my aunt and uncle had a room next door. Or so I thought. I woke up in the middle of the night, as I did frequently as a kid when staying in unfamiliar places. And to my surprise, my grandma was gone. Mm. That's right. My grandma waited until I fell asleep (laughs) and then decided to go try her hand at the slots. Yeah, she's sleeping. What could go wrong? Yeah. In a panic, I ran out of the hotel room to knock on what I thought was my aunt and uncle's room and got no answer. Then I tried to go back into my hotel room to try and call her cell, only to find that the door was locked. That's right, kids. Hotel room, (laughs) hotel room doors lock and you need a fucking key to open them. What kind of shit is that? Now, in even more of a panic, I start knocking on all of the doors on our floor in the In the hopes that someone would answer because stranger danger isn't a thing when you're eight in a Barbie nightgown and locked out of your hotel room in Vegas. Oh, so scary. What a visual. Finally, a door opened and standing in the doorway was a shirtless man and a woman, not shirtless, and they were wearing matching bandanas around their heads and they were covered in tattoos. I, crying, said, I can't find my grandma. And then the lady kindly took my hand and said, it's okay, we'll help you find her. She then told me her name, Cheryl, and his name, Big Man. (laughs) (laughs) And asked, 
and asked me to show her which room I was staying in. Big man then proceeded to knock on the door, and when there was no answer, they took me down to the casino. We used the payphone to try and call her cell, and when we got no answer, we then walked around the casino a bit to see if we'd find her. And when that didn't work, they turned me over to the hotel security, who then called the police, who then took me to IHOP inside the hotel and bought me pancakes while trying to figure out who the hell I belonged to and why I was roaming around a hotel casino. Oh, my God. What was now probably four in the morning. Oh, my grandma. (laughs) Grandma, you're only getting a pass because you're grieving. Otherwise, not okay. Here's here's me as a child and today. Hey, pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, cool. You got pancakes. Pancakes in the middle of the night. It's a dream. As I'm sitting here, I look out the window and I see my grandma walk by cigarette and Pepsi in hand. GPC menthol light 100s were her jam. Hell, and she's, yeah, thank you. For and that. I, right. And I said, there she is. One of the officers ran out after her and she turned around to see me smiling and waving at her from a table surrounded by the police. <laughs> they did whatever it is that they do to make sure that I could go with her. And then we went on our way. I left you a note, she said, clutching my hand as we went back up the elevator to our room. Oh, my My grandma was a powerhouse who taught me not to take shit from anyone and to stay young as long as I can. She unfortunately passed away just a week after her 75th birthday. But you bet your ass that when I turned 21, I went to Vegas and smoked a menthol in a casino just for her. Stay sexy and trust big man and Cheryl if you're lost in Vegas. Hallie. Oh, my God. Big man and Cheryl. Big man and Cheryl took care of her. I love that. You're crying. It's cute. That's I I just love that story. And also just the idea. Fucking. Fucking. Menthol cigarettes are so disgusting. (laughs) And the idea that someone just went and like that is it's totally pouring one out. But in this very grandma appropriate place, it's just a beautiful picture. Yes. Yes. Hallie, great job. Great job. That's a great story. I have a similar one of of someone being scary. Okay. And then not scary or scary. We love those ones. Not spoiling it. Hello, all. When I was 16, in an effort to save money, my post-divorce parents put me on a cross-country bus to visit my dad. (laughs) I was very sheltered, but had no fear when this was suggested. So off I went with my big backpack and even bigger Kenneth Parcell grin. By midnight on the first day, my grin had transformed into a world-weary grimace as the grip on my backpack got tighter and tighter and the passengers got weirder and weirder. Mm Mm-hmm. This happened to me when I was like 12. Oh, no. Yeah, I went on like a two-hour bus ride to Ukiah. Oh, no. To go hang out with my friend Jennifer Gearing, and it started fine. And then it was all of a sudden, I was just like, I got to get off this bus. Yeah. These people are insane. Like, it could just got weirder as the, the further north you went. I bet. Yeah. I remember being particularly terrified of a passenger that looked like a scary Billy Idol. Pierce- <laughs> piercings, black clothes, bleach spiky hair, eyeliner, the whole bit. Totally my type in high school, by the way. Um, being from a tiny main town, I had never seen a person like this. Unlike every other person on the bus, he never spoke. (laughs) And this seemed even more worrisome. This trip took several days and was plagued with bad weather and breakdowns. Jesus. I know. Buy your kid a plane ticket. God damn. Drive him yourself. Yeah. During one of these breakdowns. So the fucking bus keeps breaking down on the side of the road. 
I mean, this is not this is not okay with me at all. During one of these breakdowns, I realized I would not be able to avoid the bus's bathroom any longer. I had to pee so bad and we were stuck on the side of a highway taking my overly stuffed backpack with me. Why? Who was going to steal it? We were stranded and it was giant and bright orange. I managed to cram myself in the tiny space and pee. When I went to leave, the door wouldn't budge. I was stuck. I stood there not knowing what to do. I listened mortified as the other passengers realized I was stuck in the bathroom and alerted the driver. (laughs) The driver was pissed. I heard him suggest that I would need to stay in there indefinitely until a mechanic could arrive and restart the engine, which would trigger the electrical door lock to release. No. Oh, really fucking seriously stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Not like not like jiggle the handles. No. Fuck. As I blinked back tears, gagged on the bus bathroom smell and tried to accept my fate, I suddenly heard a deep, scratchy voice. Think Roy Kent at the door. Who's Roy Kent? Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. Oh, got it. Back up was all the voice said. One giant bang later and the door was open and I was free. Scary Billy Idol had kicked it in with his giant (laughs) combat boot. Yes! He asked me if I was all right and saw me back to my seat as the other passengers cheered. So there you have it. Sometimes the people you're most afraid of turn out to be true gentlemen. Thanks for listening, Jasmine. Yes, Jasmine. Hell yeah. Beautiful. (laughs) What a wonderful version of that story. Yeah, totally. And also just like the idea that he was like, he didn't have to intervene. No. And he did. No. Because he knows how disgusting a bus bathroom is. Yeah. And he's like, this is nonsense. I'm not fucking being patient with the man and the nonsense of the man. I'm going to fucking yeah, kick like, this down. Yeah. Fuck this shit. And also it's like the what the bus driver's mad at the person that's stuck in the yeah. horrifying bathroom. Fuck the you. The 16 year old girl who had to pee is in trouble now because she had to pee so bad. Not according to Billy Idol. She's not. Right. What's up, What's Prince Charming? Up? Um, is that I'm all? Is that M all? Is that all is of that them? All? all of they? I believe it is, right? Yeah, I think so. Is that? Yeah. Um, if, but hey, if you're uh, like, I need one more from each of them, go join the fan cult and you'll get to hear a mini mini-sode. That's right. A, a special um, exclusive for you. That's right. And they're, I think they're all you can listen to all of the ones we've done so far. And there are videos and things and fun stuff to do there. So the stuff over there, there's also exclusive merch. You wouldn't believe what you'll see over there. Truly. Get in it. <laughs> um, thanks for sending us your stories. Please continue to do so. And we will continue to tell them back at you. Yes, we really appreciate your emailing mm-hmm. and your support. Mm. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Associate producer, Alejandra Keck. Engineer and mixer, Stephen Ray Morris. Researchers, Jay Elias and Haley Gray. Send us your hometowns and your fucking hoorays at myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. And for more information about this podcast, our live shows, merch, or to join the fan cult, go to myfavoritemurder.com. Rate, review, and subscribe.